Hello and welcome to the Carbotrage Podcast, episode 303. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Zaninski. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Hi. Oh, how are you? Good. It's been a while. It has, uh, it has. I mean, two weeks ago I was in Arkansas, which I made a point to say Arkansas the entire time Kansas, I was there. Yeah. It is Arkansas. Yep. And even the people with Arkansas played, so like, oh, Arkansas. I'm like, no. No, it's Arkansas. No, you're saying your own state wrong. But it's Arkansas. We'll cover that a little bit too. That was fantastic. But other than that, just... We've had an unseasonably warm fall. Yeah, and then today got cold. I was going to say, the, the low Relatively started Relatively speaking. I got up this it, morning it and was, my window was open still. I'm like, it's a little nippy. <laughs> it, was a, it was like 70 like all week, and now it's like 50, which is fine. Like It's, it's still, still sunny, sunny at least. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's totally reasonable. <laughs> so this time last year, it was like super cold and snowy. Yeah. And not a good time because um, it was Taylor Finger's birthday party. Last night that I went to, and I remember last time I went to that, there was snow on the ground. This time, a lot there was of it. not snow on the ground. Yeah. It was a much better time. I remember, yes, distinctly before Thanksgiving, we had like way too much snow, like entirely yes. too much snow. No, it was awful. Yeah, uh, no, not good. Hopefully, it's a little bit less aggressive this winter. But anyway, before we dig into topics, let me quickly delve into the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On the super cool handcrafted webpage, you will find three open-ended levels of monetary support for content consumers. That's you to support content producers. That's us, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Uh, I have a hams. I see you also yes, have I, a hams. I do have a hams. Sandwich? Yep. And I moved my camera for those on video because... The old camera angle I hated, and this is better. That's fair. You do whatever you please. Yep. No, it was, it, it was just like a small thing that had been pestering me, and I kept forgetting to change it. <laughs> I, like I know exactly what you mean. And now I'm like, ah, I remembered. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, let's move on to <clears throat> topics here. Let's um, do. We Today, we are both. Uh, today, I'm going to drink a beer. Eric is going to drink a beer, and mm-hmm. we will discuss cars. Wow. Yep, there we you have go. completely changed the format, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, and others, uh, I prepared. Okay, I have now completed the top tier style intro, and we are going to move <laughs> on to the new Copen. Um, Bam! So, Dahatsu, as we all know, is wonderful. Uh, Dahatsu has made the Copen since like literally Gran Turismo Four came out, and it was front engine, front wheel drive, like. K convertible. It was like a, just a good car for like Japanese people. I still remember being so disappointed when I looked in the Gran Turismo specs and I saw that it was front front. Yeah, but don't worry. Uh, the second generation Copen came out and it's no longer a K car actually. Ooh, slightly larger, and it's also now rear wheel drive. Ooh, that's pretty. Yeah, it really. Looks like, it oh, looks boy. like a Copen. Wow. Um, it's the size of an Indy Miata. Uh, it has a 1.3 liter engine, and to quote Dahatsu. The idea behind the Copen is that we were able, is that if we were able to be a full-fledged sports car, away from a light car, demand would increase, including the possibility of export. Wow, that is such a Japanese way of saying sentence. It. So basically, the in the more clearly written way of saying this is that yeah, if they're moving away from a K car platform to a lightweight sports car like a Miata, they mm-hmm. could actually export this to the rest of the world. Which they should do, because it's adorable. And, and th- that's kind of the thing, is um, there is a market for small, fun cars. And nobody's really doing anything with it. So Dahatsu's like, okay, well, here, we can do this. Here's, and, our, here's our 25% enlarged photocopier, Copen, and rear-wheel drive. Yeah, Enjoy. exactly. And it also looks really great. Like The rear end looks like a 350Z. 
like in, in a, a good, good way. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> it's got like Fiat five, like the new 500e taillights. Yep. New 500e headlights, and then everything else coping. Like it's very good, and they moved the seating position back a little bit. It's quite good. I'm a really big fan of this, and I really would like to see us come to the United States. I was just going to ask if it was a fuel burner because I see no obvious exhaust pipe, but it is. But yeah, no, it does have a 1.3 liter engine. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a 1.3 liter, like, pure ice engine or if it's going to be a 1.3 liter range extender on, like, EV sort of thing, hmm. which would probably, I'm assuming, since given the displacement, it's probably going to be an actual ice engine I would car. Think so, yeah. Because if it was just a range extender, why would you not just use the K engine? Pretty much. Like, yeah, that's all, true. All, all you're doing is turning an alternator with that. Like, <laughs> like you're heating a heater core and yeah, you're yeah, generating yeah, energy. Yeah, that's all you'd have to do. So the 1.3 liter kind of lends itself to being like a Miata sort of thing to me. Do you know offhand if that 1.3 liter is a three cylinder? You know, they didn't say that. They just said it was a 1.3 liter. Which means they're ashamed of it, which means it's a four-cylinder. Well, hang on. I'm genuinely curious on that. Because we, you know, we, over the last couple months, we have been very hot and heavy over the three-cylinder engine, which I think is oh. totally justified. Oh, let's look here. Dahatsu H-Series engine. Oh, that's the one from... That's the old one. Oh, it's so cute. I had no idea they... Well, I, okay, so the masthead image actually isn't related to the Copen. It's just Dahatsu product, correct? No, that that was Dahatsu's display. I got you. Um, at, at Tokyo Motor, uh, Motor Salon. Uh, so this was the the Japan mobility. It's Tokyo Auto Salon. Um, <laughs> see this Japan was the vi- this is the video that they yeah the I Tokyo like Motor. Or, I mean Japan. <laughs> so from what I can tell, mm-hmm. it is in fact a four cylinder. Um, I cannot tell very many specs though, because okay. Dahatsu's had a shocking amount of 1.3 liter engines. <laughs> <laughs> like they have more than one family of 1.3 liter, <laughs> like inline four. So <laughs> who the hell knows? Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. You know why not? Oh, we have a direct injection, and we have a port injection version, and then we have a turbocharged family, and then we have a normally aspirated family, and then we have a supercharged family, then we have a range extended electric family. Like no hide Daihatsu, just just make one, please. But that's understandable. One point three is so it's powered by a carbon neutral one point three liter engine. How do you have a carbon neutral engine by buying a lot of CO two credits for your engine factory? It's very strange. It is. I must mean, be like I'm, heavily recycled material. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I genuinely don't care about the engine at all. Oh, weird. Okay. So, Dahatsu also has a 1.3 liter four cylinder, or three cylinder. <clears throat> oh. It could be, I don't know, it's a, be a V12. Well, Dahatsu, it's a V12. If That's you're listening, is. please give us the three cylinder V12. Yes. Thank the, you. The, the three-cylinder V12? Yes. I said that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> you said it's a V12, so I said, please I, I give have us no idea. No, no clue. So I will assume until proven otherwise <laughs> that it is a V12, actually. It's a very small V12. Oh, look at With that. a roller-bearing crankshaft. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally, it so is. So it looks like it's automatic <clears throat> in this photo, but that's just like the... I don't know what the hell is going on with this thing. Oh, I want it. To, also, it has to be a manual. I, I, I don't even know what's going on with this. It very well could just be an EV sort of thing. If it's carbon neutral. It could be. 
I don't. So I don't. But to your point, if it's a Randy standard EV, it really should just have the 660cc engine in it. Still. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. It's maybe they have like one engine they're going with. Like we're all of our ice engines are gonna be this weird 1.3 liter. Oh, like engine. Volvo. Great. Yeah. So maybe it's like that. I don't know. I want it. I want it's this more than a Miata. Like super it's, cute. It's cool. It's weird. I have not genuinely cared about the performance of a vehicle in over a decade. So no, I don't care. There was one this time sounds great. the boost control solenoid just decided it wasn't going to make boost on my own 24. And mm-hmm. I looked it up on my phone while it was running and it was simple. It's just an area. You shut it off, turn it back on. I'm like, no, I drove for the next hour with no boost and it was hilarious. That's no, fine. It was hundred horsepower. It was fantastic. No, so not a problem. I yeah. kind of hope this is just a 1.3 NA. Yeah. It would just be kind of a good fun car. Like I don't fantastic. care. And it'll make it cheaper, which would be good. The thing is with the fast cars is there's always something faster. You can have plenty of fun with just about any car, depending on how you use it. So. And that leads me into my topic. Amazingly, I can actually segue this one time. Oh, my God. Two weeks ago, I was on this. It's an S2000 event called the Boston Mountain Rally, essentially. It's an S2000 organization. Boston Mountain Toga? Uh, whatever BMT. BMT, yeah. Yeah, Boston Mountain Toga. Toga, that's one. They do two of me a year. Okay. I had no idea, but I was invited by Brandon Meyer, my friend in uh, uh, Texas. Flew down there, spent some time with their kitties, drove up on his Cayman GT4. Really, really cool, other than the fact that the organizer this year is a new guy. Because apparently the... Tour, Boston Mountains Tour. tour. Oh, anyway. man. The, the, apparently the organizer that's been doing it since 2001 has been arrested and convicted of like uh, something with like cheese pizza, which is... Not Yikes! Good. Yeah. That's so, bad. Anyway, so the new guy is not, <clears throat> but he really didn't have a full grasp on like exactly how to run this. Yes. So our muster point in the morning was a national park. 30 minutes outside of town, which required a backtrack to go on the first leg of the trip, and it was closed. So, starting off the rally in a very not great way, we okay. were all just sort of parked on the side of the road. Everything kind of broke the fog. The morning was absolutely gorgeous. We had 75 degrees, sunny weather. Great. But the segue I want to talk about is you can have fun in any car. There were two dudes yeah. in a sedan Fiesta 1.6 manual with F, uh, Falcon RT615K yeah. pluses, Bilsteins, and Hawk pads. Yeah. And they that were just great. mopping up on GT4s. Good. It was amazing. But yeah, no, was, no, that sounds like a hoot and a half. It was like 600 miles. The entire state around the Ozarks is just road spaghetti. The roads are in perfect condition. The locals don't seem to care that people drive quickly. Everything was just phenomenal. That's great. The best roads I've ever driven on. That's incredible. I know. Secret good state, Arkansas. It's, it's wild. Like, you leave Texas, which is awful, and then... I think we got some spam on channel. I'll take care of that. And then you get into Oklahoma, which is garbage. And then you get into Arkansas, Arkansas. And Arkansas. Arkansas, which it is. And Arkansas and is surrounded by trash. It is. And like I'm sure most of the state's probably garbage, too. But this one section, at least. So it's kind of like Alabama. Oh, boy. <clears throat> but like with good roads. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That actually adds that, up. That, that, that's that's kind of how it sounds. Is like, yeah, the roads are good. The Everything around the roads not so good. Yeah. I mean, the state's pretty. We were in Eureka and I, Springs, and, and like, that's will, a touristy town. But. Yeah, and I, I will say, I will die on the hill that Alabama is the prettiest state in the United States. Is it actually? It is incredible. Is it like, just because of like the hilly topography? It, it is the Appalachian foothills. It is most of the state is in a national park, um, and all the roads are curvy because most of the roads were made before highways. That's cool. Um, I like that. A yeah, lot. and. But the problem is, is just people that live in Alabama are from Alabama. So the people are the problem. Luckily, in an event like this, you don't really have to interface yeah. with any people. No, that's so the thing that is that Alabama, you fill up in Georgia, and then you drive <laughs> until you hit the Pacific. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You just you don't talk to anybody or get out of your car at any point, and you will have a great time. Yeah, that sounds exactly like Arkansas. 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 Dude, I went there <laughs> saying Arkansas because I know that's how that state's pronounced, but we were following I mean, a dude Arkansas? in an Avora S who had Arkansas plates, and every time we stopped at a checkpoint, we would talk to the dude, Yeah, and he would say, Arkansas. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. It is Arkansas, it's, but it, it 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 says Arkansas, and I don't know enough people from Arkansas to correct me. And I'm <laughs> I'm aware that I'm wrong, and I will continue to say this wrong until somebody says otherwise. Well, they it's didn't Arkansas. correct me. You know, you can tell me however much you want that GIF is supposed to be pronounced GIF, but oh, I'm looking at it. it I know what it stands for, mm-hmm. and it means GIF. Yeah, it's if a graphics interchange format. Yes, and so yeah, if, if I'm going to say Arkansas, I'm also say graphics. Perfect. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of vehicles that are very good to drive on the road, indeed, uh, there is a new potential Toyota Tacoma X Runner. And oh, I do remember, you remember the X Runners? I sure do. It was like yeah. a 2006 model or something like that with the four liter. It was lowered a yeah. little bit, body kit. Yeah, supercharged. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, they had a factory supercharger. Um, Neat. And so, it, yeah, the way they got around that is it came with the truck and the dealer would install it. <laughs> and that's how it got around emissions. Uh, and actually, fun fact, the X-Runner was sold in Hawaii until 2015. Why? Well, because it, it's actually a perfect truck for Hawaii. Well, I mean, I believe that, but like, why would they leave it in production just for like one state? Because they were wildly popular oh. there. Like, the Tacoma in Hawaii is like, the best-selling truck. Fuel is so expensive there. You want a supercharged 1GR to drive around? How far are you driving? Well, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> it's an island. Like. Yeah, okay, when you put it in that perspective, yeah. like, yes, it's 25% more expensive to buy fuel, but you drive at least 40% less. Yeah, so. exactly. It's All a right. net positive. All right. Um, you win. So, yeah. Anyway, the original X-Runner was designed to combat the 350Z. <laughs> I'm sorry, a pickup truck? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it, well, it's funny the way it happened is so 350Z came out in Toyota. Like TRD wanted to make a performance vehicle, and at that point in time, the Super was dead, the Celica, the MR2 were all dead, yep. the SC300, 400 was now the 430. Like everything sucked. Like there's no performance vehicle in the Toyota lineup <laughs> at that point in time. The closest thing to a performance vehicle that they had was a V6 rear-wheel drive manual transmission Tacoma. They were making the TC at that time. No. No, this is about the same time, but like it wasn't the TC isn't a performance car. No, but it's closer to a performance car than no, a Tacoma it's not. is. Not technically. Oh. Not not on paper, not on like in real life. Not well, like it it looks sporty. <laughs> well sure. now that we know that this is an IS two fifty underneath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um yeah. The it, so the two wheel drive Tacoma was like their only performance uh version. So back in the day when they actually made that um, they lowered the ride height an inch in the rear, half an inch in the front, uh, double wishbone suspension, as they have, um, built-in shocks, stiffer springs, uh, rear sway bar, um, 18-inch wheels with, like, Bridgestone Potenzas at the time, uh, which, fun fact, were actually the same model of tire that was on a Ferrari Enzo. So they're REO 50As, probably? Yes, it's literally a Potenza RE 050A. Like it's, I think that's that hilarious. was the performance tire of the time. Oh yep. yes, yep. And so lucky guess. Yep. And so in 2003, the 350Z um, was recorded as pulling 0.88 g, 
on like a skid pad. Yeah, that's actually but, really bad for a 350Z. What the hell? Well, I mean, it's also that's a factory factory tire in 2003. Probably factory tires. Yeah, yeah uh, X Runner car and driver when they tested it pulled. Point nine at <laughs> <laughs> her old G's on a skid pad. Um, and then, yeah, four liter, one GRV6, close ratio six speed, uh, limited slip differential, um, a lower final drive ratio, and it had a seven second zero to 60. Ridiculous. Uh, so a 350Z was 5.4 seconds. And so Toyota had a TRD supercharger that raised output to 304 horsepower right as you see and the 304 horsepower now cut the zero to 60 time to six seconds which is close enough (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah uh in sales last until 2013 in the u.s 2014 can and then yeah hawaii was 2015 because like everybody in hawaii has a taco like it's actually if you go on google maps and you look at streets in Hawaii. Yeah. It's like looking at like Corollas in Afghanistan. Oh like my they're God. everywhere. Um, so yeah, this year at SEMA, <clears throat> they made a X runner concept. And so this one has a 3.4 liter twin turbo V six, making 421 horsepower, 479 pound feet of torque. And it's meant to best the, uh, Nissan Z. And then, <laughs> the new Z. Yes. Like, even though they obviously have a, they have the Supra, like, and that's clearly the car, but they're also going to do the new taco. And I really hope that this like actually is a thing that's made. I hope it's got like, a six speed too. Then it well, If you scroll down and you look at the actual, um, seats, it, like they have co- the coolest upholstery. What is that pattern? It's like a, it's a digital camo red on red. Weird. Like insert, it's really cool, but it's only where your legs go. I couldn't help but so notice when this is an automatic. So, but the thing is, when you're driving it with that cloth insert, where where do you always burn your legs on a seat when you're wearing shorts? The small of your thigh. Yeah, and look what that covers. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That's how I know it's. That a is real like the Toyota. only non-leather part of the seat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so yeah, uh, four thirty to one final drive ratio locking diff, which is like insane. <laughs> that is such a short final drive. Yeah. Um, Thirteen point. It's fourteen inch <clears throat> front brakes. Um, let's see here. The upper and lower control arms are modified to match the new hardware's increased track and altered suspension geometry. Ooh, look at that G rating. 0.93 lateral Jesus G. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a John Cooper works mini. <laughs> That's insane. Um, yeah, so this absolutely needs to be like a thing. Like they don't need to do this, but like, god damn it. Like the Ram TRX exists and like that, that thing the, isn't fun at all. Yeah, but you also like the Braptor. Like every cool truck has a cool version of it. Like, this needs to exist for the taco, because the taco's the coolest truck. There has to be a cool version of it. This needs to exist just to keep Nissan grounded. Yes. No, absolutely. (laughs) Like, I love the idea of, like, Toyota, every time there's a new Z car, like, (laughs) Nissan makes, and then Toyota bests it with a truck. A pickup (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a pickup truck. Like, just also, make... our car is better too. But yeah, our car, our car does that. But we, you knew this. Like, here's our truck. Like, yeah, this needs to exist. Look at that awesome exhaust. The side exit, <laughs> ridiculous, dude. I'm totally here for this. This needs to be a real life thing. It's it so cool. Appear to have some variety of a pilot's board on it. It looks kind of like the AS, I guess. I'm not really sure. Those are Michelin's, actually. Yeah, they're Michelin. Yeah, Michelin Pilot Sport for SUV. 
Oh, okay. So pallets, a pallet sport four SUV is just a pallet. It's a pallet sport four. Look has. how ugly this engine is. Incredible. Yep, but it's also twin turbo. Yep, and everything's made of plastic. But I'm sure you can easily fix that. Air to water intercooler on the top. Neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a pre-applied decal on the air box that says X Runner. Yep. Ooh, both air boxes. Yeah, because it is twin turbo. Is this a new engine for Toyota? I haven't heard about the 3.4 TTV6. No clue. Cool. I, Let's assume that it's made only for this vehicle. I absolutely hope that's the thing. I hope they put it into the uh, Sienna. Like, oh, this should my be the, the high-trim-level Sienna. <laughs> like the Sienna, like, XLE Limited, like, you get this engine. <clears throat> and just, then you just have, like, a 400 horse. Not even a GR, just the top regular trim. Yeah, just no, absolutely. No, like, it, Sienna's... My favorite part about the Sienna is that they are comically overpowered. Like, well, especially now that they're all plug-in or uh, hybrids too. Yeah, like they they should always be minivans should forever be comically overpowered. Like not like overpowered like yeah. Like 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 where it's just like oh it just has like it, this is like too much power like no. Right. This has traction control for a very like <laughs> required purpose. <laughs> so Karen doesn't blow her tires off when she leaves a stoplight. Cuz like normalized 500 horsepower minivan yeah like so yeah exactly but this is the thing is like (laughs) this has been a trend with minivans like since their inception but nobody's noticed that there's always a very overpowered version because like the og like caravan had the turbo turbo. yeah the 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 the, the 2.2 turbo and then um trig's mom um her like fourth generation like the bubble era like caravan it's like the o2 to 07 one yeah that one okay the very last couple of years you could get the four liter v6 mm-hmm. um which was designed to be in a much heavier vehicle and so it was very noticeable and that's why trig's dad bought that one because he's I've like seen this van actually. yes okay. the black van had the four liter v6 and it had the like transmission for the slower engine, so it was like a shorter transmission to get you up to speed faster. <clears throat> that van would light up the front tires. Like you would leave a stop sign with the traction control off, mm-hmm. and you go wide open, and on like the stock tires, it would light both tires all the way up and like make smoke. Hell yes. So yeah, no overpowered minivans absolutely should continue to exist. That's my favorite thing. I remember a few years ago, and I, I won't name names because I don't think this is copacetic, but somebody I know had rented a Kia minivan, Sedona. Yes. One of the, the first years, like the newer styling, but they took it to DCTC and just like melted the brakes, but it was keeping up with like everyone. Yes, it's and very funny. It was just funny. a stock V6 yeah. Sedona. Yeah, it had a like, Kia Stinger engine on it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just hilarious. <laughs> like that, that should, yeah, every mini. You, every manufacturer should take their most powerful engine and put it in their minivan. I, I'm 100% on board with this. Yeah, that sounds great. I think adding more power to things is just generally a good idea, but minivans specifically. Yes. Know. Anyway, speaking of the Ram TRX in the middle of that bad boy, there's a model I care about actually a little bit more, and it's a w- weird one. Like I would have expected Dodge or Stellantis to counter the Lightning with a fully electric pickup. Even the Silverado has got a fully yeah. electric version now. But the first Stellantis half-ton pickup is a range-extended plug, plug-in hybrid. However, and I can hear the size already, this thing has a 145-mile highway range and a 70-kilowatt-hour battery pack. So and it's 663-horsepower all-wheel-drive drivetrain? Mm-hmm. Well, it still has the 3.6 Pentastar under the hood. Yeah. 
which is obscenely huge for a hybrid. Yes. It really doesn't need that. It could have been a four-cylinder turbo easily, but, like, that battery is bigger than the one in my full EV car. That's insane. So, like, I think that's a good idea, because then your yeehaws won't be able to say, oh, I won't do 400 miles on a charge. 690 miles of combined driving range? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, think of how huge the fuel tank is in an average pickup truck, plus that you've is got insane. 150 miles of all-electric drive range. And a 2,600-pound payload. Yeah, like, in the bed. What, and towing 14,000 pounds. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good idea. Imagine buying like a Ford F-350 when that would literally pull down a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also, all right, so... Think of the amount of time you would never, ever even need to touch the fuel side. There's an extremely missed opportunity here with the naming of this vehicle. Um, oh, because, did I mention it's called the Ram Charger? Yes, it's called the Ram Charger. <laughs> so the Ram Charger historically was Dodge's counter to a Bronco. Yep. And, you know, Dodge could very easily take something based off like a Wrangler platform mm-hmm. and make a Bronco competitor. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why they're not doing that because, like, that seems like so up their alley where it's like, oh, and it would sell too. I mean, look yeah, at it would Bronco. sell. Yeah. Like you, you make something that's like the Bronco. You already have a chassis that works. I mean, you could even make a different chassis really, but yeah, they like Dodge not making a Bronco competitor is just like so mind blowing to me. Cause like, so the Bronco also has the Raptor, mm-hmm. which is ostensibly kind of cool actually. Like it's on Mac only, but like technically it is a very interesting vehicle. It is a. I, I think it's silly, and that's why I like it. It is because I like silly vehicles. Yes. <laughs> um, because like the the correct one that you want is you get a three door Bronco manual Steelys. Like yep. that's the one you should get. But you could also get the Raptor, where it's physically too wide to go on a shipping trailer. Perfect. Like that's hilarious. It's and, probably not even allowed on like off road trails or some. Fat yeah, like yeah. That too. No, it's like it's <laughs> they're huge, and like it's because they have giant tires on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, I would love to see Dodge make a Bronco with a Hellcat engine. Like, that would be hilarious. That would totally be on brand for them. They've already put the Hemi in the JL. Like, it'll fit. Yeah, exactly. Like, just make an upmarket, fancier Wrangler with a slightly different body. Yeah. Ta-da. Yeah, it doesn't need to be good. No. Like, Do- in fact, like, it shouldn't be good. Dodge has never made a good vehicle. Like, a, a technically, like, wow, this is really just... 10 out of 10 knocking out of the park. Like, yeah, everything good that they've made has not been a dodge. Yeah, well, it's like even then, like when they make something that is quote-unquote good, there is like some cursed problem with them. Like, <laughs> there's, they've never made a vehicle. Oh my God, dodge has, they've never made like an Evo 9, where it is effectively at that point, or Evo 8, I guess. At that point in time, the Evo 8 was just like, that is a perfectly executed vehicle for mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. And like Dodge, Still like, and this flawed, is, but yeah, this isn't. Well, yeah, I guess so. Dodge has made their Evos, mm-hmm. but I'm just I'm trying to think of like a car where it's like I guess the E46 M3, mm-hmm. where they everything is there is no failure on an E46 M3, like they are all like they do everything they're supposed to do perfectly. Well, everything that is ever wrong with those or ever will be is a known quantity, which is helpful. But I mean, they do but, have. But, but, uh, every car thing has its small right. issues, yep. but like E46 M3s don't have like a cursed like. Oh my god, what is wrong with this car? Like, right. like Dodge has always had that sort of thing. Right, um, they make that and then they do a Mercedes wire harness or something. Exactly, <laughs> like they'll always have like some sort of cursed problem with their cars. Um, 
and I have lost my train of thought. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> what I'm, I'm saying is like with, with the with a Ram charger, like they could just like kind of phone it in as long as they put a big engine, they're fine. Because and like that's also not me talking shit about Dodge. Like I love Dodge. Dodge is by far my favorite American car brand because I really love silly cars and like Dodge excels in making silly cars. It's like okay, like here we made a Challenger. Like this is the most muscle car you could muscle car. What's what is what happens when you need to turn? You don't. Correct. You just it don't do that. It doesn't do that. It's <clears throat> like, not in the owner's manual. So don't yeah, do like here, we made an SRT4. We have now made the perfect sport compact. It is super fast. And he goes, okay, does it have a limited slip diff? Only on the ACR. Uh, the rest of them are just going to have torque steer everywhere, and you're never going to have traction in your life. Oh but it's going to be really fun to drive. Don't worry. And like that's the thing is like that's where Dodge excels is like yeah they'll have like a cursed problem but like it adds to the experience and so I feel like if Dodge made a Bronco they would excel at making a Bronco. Dodge is the handyman that I hired to do the Renault at my house, but I knew that ahead of time. And what I mean by that is it's a fantastic deal. Mm-hmm. The job will get done on time. Yeah, but there will be something critical missed along the way, and you have to find it. Yeah. No, that's exactly what Dodge does. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in there, it's like I don't fault them for that. Like <laughs> this is why Dodge. This is why Dodge has always been the way they are. This is why I love them because like there's always something hilarious with their cars. Like we hey, saying this. We have a supercharged car in 1957. It has a Hemi. <clears throat> don't drive near a high voltage power line. It, it will. May short- I ask why? No, you may not. Nope. Nope. Just don't do that. And then you do, and then your car shuts off, and you cannot turn it back on ever. Like, that's hilarious. I love that. Please. We've been saying like, forever, worse cars are better. Yeah, no, they, Dodge is a perfect example of that. So anyway, this plug-in hybrid RAM, which should not be called a RAM charger, actually seems like a pretty good way of getting people into electrified pickups. I, th- I much prefer this method to the uh, F-150 plug-in hybrid, which is yeah. like 15 kilowatt hours. So yeah, no, enough. this is... Uh, it's really good, and also... Fitting Dodge, it's wildly overpowered, which I'm totally here for. Mm-hmm. Like, good. Dodge yes. should always overpower everything. Every they should look at how much power is this expected to have? Cool, double it, triple it. Have a like very expensive trim level where it's got five times as much power as it's supposed to have. I wonder if they're gonna throw that new twin turbo inline six in there. That'll probably end up with like eight hundred horsepower <laughs> by the time this thing's out of production. <laughs> by the time they're done with this chassis, well, it'll have like two thousand horsepower. It's Dodge. They yeah. run stuff on the vine until it is aged out. Oh, in, so. until the government tells them to put it away. Yeah, uh, that's literally what they do. Um, oh my god. So speaking of reliability of cars and yeah. stuff uh oh there I like is this. so much disinformation from your local news channels on a regular fucking basis oh my god sorry i'll handle this way <laughs> um so care 11 our local one of our local news uh channels they had a headline saying warming up your car in cold weather can cause engine damage it can but and then or it's sorry. It actually said yes. Warming up your car before driving in cold weather can cause damage to the engine. Excessive idling does not do anything positive for your engine's long-term health. Those are two different statements. Yes, <laughs> and then the entirety of the article is spent completely saying something different. Say, Great. 
Yeah, if you let your car idle every day for like hours and then like the fuel just like washes the cylinders. Ryan, this website has like actual McAfee fucking malware on it. Jesus Christ. Anyway. What is wrong with that with uh Carol Evan? But uh, there anyway, yeah. That's... But anyway, um Carol Evan basically if you look at their sources that they cited <laughs> Firestone complete auto. But like <laughs> the what they said is like nothing but half truths. And if you read the headline, we'll tell you something completely different from what it says in here. And literally in the, in the article itself oh that they had, they said, yeah, you should let your car warm up for a couple of minutes before driving it. Literally in their article, they said that. No, you shouldn't. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, the reason that they were saying that is like, yeah, let it warm up so the inside is a little bit warmer sure, for you. And, I get that. And also, if you have an older vehicle with or well, a carburetor like, or a Italian vehicle, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yikes! And you have then your oil will get more viscous. And then if your car's been parked for a long time, you don't have to deal with super thick oil all at the bottom of your engine while the top is dry, uh, like on some American inline sixes that were made for entirely too long. Uh, so, but the thing is, is like the actual article that they wrote contradicted the title of their article. So if you're yeah. ever going for any sort of information about your car, do not ever go to the local news station because they are not the people to ask. They don't have automotive experts. Yes. And they fact check and they find people and they just, their facts will be the opposite of yeah. what the headline is. And it just don't do that. And every year we see a million articles come out saying, don't idle your car in winter. Like, no, just do what you want. For like, the record, doing the full 15 minutes of auto start on your car multiple times a day is really bad for it. Yeah, if you do that multiple times a day. Right, and a lot of people do. We've had, okay, so really? I'll tell you. That's oh, a thing? Mm-hmm. We had a 2020 Dodge Ram 1500 57. Yeah. VP had it when he was working for us. Mm-hmm. It went less than two years before there were no lobes left on the camshaft because he auto-started it so much. How do you do that? By idling the vehicle too much when I, it's cold. Just like you just sit there and you just turn it and you don't leave. Just and then you just... it. Yeah, he just wants it nice and hot inside. So auto-start it like twice in a row, multiple times a day, every day. What the hell? Yeah, and like it, you have lower oil pressure, and if you're running crap-ass modern oil, which you yeah. are if you have a modern crap-ass car... It's bad. So, yes, warm it up a little bit, fine. But, like, you don't need to wait That's at all insane. anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, if you do multiple auto start, even if you do a 15-minute auto so start like, every day, bad. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, so the title of this is clearly about that usage case. Correct. But none, to your point, none of the article even the remotely in, mentions The that. entire article, <laughs> like, literally right here, like, you just need to get oil circulating through the engine. Yeah, you're 30, fine. 30 seconds, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Like, just start it up. Like, don't, like, go wide open throttle. And I even said, like, I would go a couple of minutes. Like, sure. That's fine. Yeah. Go, go in, start it let, it, let it sit for a minute. Once you start. Oh yeah, you can leave this website. Right, thank you. Control F. Or Control <laughs> W. Control W is uh, exit. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, my God. Yeah, Another so reason, don't go to your local yeah, news like they're for awful. pretty like, much anything. Yeah, the local news is just terrible. So yeah, Care Eleven is not the not the plug for your uh, news about cars ever. 
Oh my god, dude, that was intense. I've never seen so many McAfee warnings. <laughs> um, I was earlier this week. I had to run up to Clearwater to meet up with a buddy of mine, and on the way back, I didn't need to, but traffic was bad, so I hit the Monticello supercharger in my car. And when I pulled in, I saw a Rivian R1S plugged in to the supercharger, cool. which was also actually R1S, really, really cool. R1S, really. the SUV. Yeah. Right. That's a neat thing. You don't see them that often. But like, hell yes, these actually exist. The Magic Dock works, and I got to experience that thing in person. Very cool. Actually cool, because we get to you know see stuff in real life that we talk about. But I have been trying to get Larry, my dad, into a different vehicle, because right now he daily drives Mark's old Model S, and he still has the GLS, our Mercedes GLS Wait, 450. his old Model S? Not the Plaid. No. Oh. So he's got the P90D. I was, I was imagining your oh my God. dad in a Plaid. He would be dead already. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. yeah he, has, he has a heavy foot, but he, we maintain ownership of that Mercedes just to quote-unquote pull the boat, which my car can do. So we've been trying to get him into just one vehicle to replace those two. I'm like, R1S, no-brainer. It's like quite a bit shorter than an R1T, so it fits in his garage. Yep. It's got excellent range. It looks fantastic. Costs $40,000 to replace that if you get into any sort of fender bender. Uh, it's, yeah, don't crash it. Um, also, they are extremely expensive, and they weigh 8,700 pounds. So not a huge fan of that. But just a couple of days ago, Lucid finally announced their Gravity SUV thingy. And I think this might be a good option, frankly. One second. Isn't named the gravity because it's its own force of gravity through an apple and it starts going to orbit because it weighs so much? It might be. Because it's uh, (laughs) a level with you. It's not a light vehicle. It's a lot lighter than an R1S. Well, that's not a low bar. (laughs) (laughs) Lightweight. What does that mean? Well, less than the R1S. Yeah, it weighs. How much does the R1S weigh? About as much as the USS Eisenhower's. (laughs) (laughs) Is is it the Emma Marisk that we dealt with with the the Taycan? But dude, I just think eighty grand base, which is a lot, but the high range zero version. to sixty in a reasonable amount of time. Yep, has but the big thing, it's got the boomer range number. Like, oh, tell they got more than four hundred miles, I ain't buying it. Isn't your dad pulling the boat from here to effectively his house? Yes, and the the, the, the lake is, is in his backyard. He's also seventy two, and he can't get this out of here alone, so I do it. So, and I've already told him it's a non-issue because I do it, and he can't do it without me. So, so it, it's. I have a question. Yes. <clears throat> How much does it cost to rent a truck from Home Depot for about three hours? Funny you should ask. It's $37 after taxes and fees because Scott looked into it and he said he would do that if it ever came down to it. Um, so $37 mm-hmm. to rent a truck from Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Um, for enough time to do the boat launch. And, yep, yep. And then how much is this? Uh, the spec that you would actually want is about $95,000. $95,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Is your dad ostensibly just kind of fine with Mark's old Model S? He likes it. Okay. How much is? How much does he? Did he pay for that Model S? I don't know. Okay. So effectively, it's free, right? I would assume he probably paid like mid thirties for it. Okay. So it, it, ninety, so sixty. <clears throat> and the GLS was a lot, but we bought it basically new. Okay. <clears throat> so it sounds like your dad's going to save himself like sixty thousand dollars. By just getting a Home Depot truck and enjoying his Tesla. Yeah, but he won't do that. That's the problem. He wasn't even, like, he kicked it off the table when we said that, A, I would do it because my car can and does tow that boat just fine. And when Scott said, I will rent a car every single time twice a year just to do that. I don't care. Is and he's he... like, no, no, no. I don't want the, I want the space. What space? Exactly. The space for what? No, no, internally for his road trips because he's the he's like a hoarder when he travels. Is he afraid to touch the doors? I don't know. Get him a, a be, get him a bubble caprice. 
You will not be able to touch. You can go like this in a bubble caprice in the driver's position and not touch a door. I'm aware. B-bodies are absolutely they're in, insanely yeah. wide. Like three people, you could go full elbows out yes, in the front. Yes, and the inside wide. is wider than the outside. Like the, the at its widest point on the inside, there's more space bet- before you touch the door panel than the wheelbase, the, the width of the wheelbase. But I digress. We have to be grounded in reality here. He's only going to be driving an electric for a daily from now on because he freaking loves the Model S. And we don't need the GLS. But unfortunately, that means it has to be a GLS form factor EV, which there aren't many of yet. So I thought this was fine. I also like that this company like routinely like jabs at Elon because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. Lucids are cool. I just get a lucid air. Well, he, he, we just put a hitch on the Model S and it would be solved, but he's not into that idea. Why? I have no idea. Man, you do that all the time. I do. It's fantastic. It toes great. <clears throat> I don't get it. I don't either. But anyway, it's off the table, so we have to, again, work around these obscene rules. Anyway, the Lucid Gravity seems like, actually, it's a pretty good product. I don't really like SUVs, but that is, like, the best value, because that's a lot cheaper than an R1S. Yeah, no, it is. This is is what your dad needs. Ah, I figured out the solution. All right, tell me. Your solution, because you need to get him off of this SUV thing. That would be nice. So you just talk about how genuinely bad SUVs are compared to their car thing for, like, we do. Like, like on a regular basis, and then get everybody that he knows <laughs> to peer pressure him into buying a VinFast. <laughs> oh no! Oh. Well, everybody one... he knows, everybody you need. You, this is like it's, it takes a village. You get everybody he knows to get him to buy a VinFast and say, "You want a truck? This is the best truck. Get him a VinFast." I wish he we gets knew a somebody VinFast, with one. And then just. On a regular basis, everything's fucking broken. You say, "Yeah, it's because it's the truck." <laughs> and then, like, you need to like get the, you need to get like all every mechanic that your dad could possibly like encounter, and have them all gaslight him into saying, "Yeah, this is normal truck maintenance these days." Because your dad's not been your dad hasn't owned a SUV <sighs> that has been made in the, like the last like decade. Oh my god. So he's had this old Mercedes, like that's his truck. It's so, a 2017. Yeah, yeah, it's old, but like in car world, it is actually yeah. pretty old. Yeah, especially for Mercedes. So you just say, yeah, since like since about 2018, uh, <laughs> all trucks have been on par with a VinFast. Yeah, there's some new legislation that went through and it's actually cheapened all the. Literally everything is like a VinFast. You can just have this, and then this is what owning a truck is like these days. Perhaps you should get a sedan, and then your dad will get a Lucid Air, and then the whole world. <laughs> We'll be in symbiosis again. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's actually plausible because I know a lot of mechanics, and uh, we only talk about how bad trucks are usually. Yep. So perfect. Yeah, so yeah. you just talk to your dad into getting a VinFast. See, I'm telling you, VinFasts need to be sold in America. They have a I purpose. I thought they were now. They are. Oh, but perfect. Like, everybody complains. Everybody, everybody complains because they're bad. I'm like, no, you need bad cars. Bad cars yeah. exist for a reason. There are no good cars without bad cars. Yes, exactly. Because you need that scale and that Exa- litmus. You, you mm-hmm. need... Yes, you literally you need a VinFast to appreciate a R1R. They should have called it the VinFast Litmus. That's oh, so good. Anyway, uh, um, BYD, it's your opportunity. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> Neo, get over here. Um, so uh, let's round out this episode. I'm going to start doing this uh, for the next while okay. at the end of our episodes, where I have a car sales tip. Um, just one little tip on just the tip. Yep, just the tip on how to like best present cars when you're selling them because our 
podcast is called Carbitrage, and that is literally the act of buying and selling. And arbitrage, yes. Car yes. arbitrage. Yes. Oh. And so here we go. Wow. Uh, this is about displaying records okay. with your uh, car sales. Because, yeah. you know, if you have a lot of records, it's a good idea to show them. Nobody cares about your oil change invoice from 1998. It's cool that you have it. It does display that mileage is true. But you know what you could do instead of having your prospective buyers have to sift through 150 pages of irrelevant records that just kind of show that, yes, the mileage has consistently gone up. And, yes, I used oil to use the oil in my oil change. You could fan them all out on a table. And this is actually something I tell people at work all the time. It's like, yeah, take your old records and fan them out on a table. This is actually more effective than displaying every individual record. Because what happens, if you are having to, like, scroll through, like, more realistically, 30 pages of records, right? (laughs) Let's say you see 30 pages of records. The first eight you see are from before the year 2000, and they're oil change intervals. And they're like tire receipts and yeah. stuff like that. What, what are you going to do when, you're, when you start? You're going <clears> to <throat> click faster. You're going to stop paying attention. You're just right. going to click through until you see a newer year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens if in the middle of that you have a transmission replacement? Oh, you've skipped uh, past that already. Under, yeah, exactly. You're going to miss the things that matter. <laughs> and so it's a lot better to just take your big glut of like actually important records because like you know effectively while those are tedious to go through they have a purpose of showing that there's a consistent rise of mileage and a consistent like ownership quality experience if you're just showing that those exist and then you're like hey by the way here's like all 150 records i have here's like 12 of them um the first six were from the last three years these are my oil changes my tires basic maintenance and the timing belt that I did. And then you're like, the other six are major items from like the last decade. Like this is when I had the back bumper repainted. This is when I replaced like the sunroof, you know, things like that. That takes you so much further because you're actually get people to read your records and that will make your records actually be effective and can result in you getting more money for your car. So there you go. Top tip. Yeah. I like that. Uh, It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I bought a 96, I think E36 M3 coupe, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It had 327,000 miles. Wow. Like one owner car. Everything had the receipt saved for it. Yeah, imagine 326,000 miles of oil <clears throat> change intervals since the 90s. Nobody gives a shit that your, your oil change. All clo- it showed me is he used the wrong oil from day one. Yeah. like 5W30. And that's fine. Like Now you see that, but like you could also see that fanned out on a table. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see one oil change interval from like 97 says 5W3. Like, okay, cool. I can deduce everything you need to know from that. You need to look at two to know his interval and then ta-da. Yeah, and like even, <laughs> even then you'll be able to see like, yes, these are here. Right. And then you'll be able to see the things like matter. Like, when was the last oil change? Oh, it was four months ago. Okay, cool. When was the last oil change? Oh, it was in 2004 because he goes based off mileage. Ooh, that's a problem. No, that's like, actually not. But... But yeah. I understand. But Older cars. Exactly. It problem. depends on the oil, too. Yes. <clears throat> really yeah. depends on the oil. Uh, I will tell you for a fact, old Hondas, it does matter. Like, really old Hondas, air-cooled Hondas. That is... A- oh, air-cooled engines, 100%. Because those yeah. things are like living beings and yep. how they move around. Yeah, and I uh, almost bought a N600 once oh, for Jana's dad. And oh, the guy cool. <laughs> the guy had put on 2,000 miles since 1996. And I told him, you really should change the oil. You're on a test drive. I'm like, are you sure you want me to drive this? He goes, yeah, it's fine. It's only got 2,000 miles on it. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of miles for oil, but all right, sure. Anyway, the engine blew up, completely came cool. apart on Very the neat. test drive. And then he nice. like yelled at me. I'm like, I literally asked you if you were mm-hmm. okay with this. Mm-hmm. And also said, wow, this should really be done. And then to both of those, he said, no, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. 
Especially so. if it's like, yeah, if it's 30 year old conventional oil, walk away. Yeah. But so. if it's a modern car that's had synthetic in it and it's been sitting for 10 years, who cares? And that's the thing is like, that's why you don't show me every single one. Show me the most recent right. oil change interval. And then like, but to your point, it gives yeah. the prospective buyer the opportunity to deduce and make those decisions much more effectively. And if, you know what, if they want to see every single oil change mm-hmm. interval, then they can ask. But like, not everybody's going to like, like, I'm not going to care. Right. Like 98% of car buyers will not care. Correct. And actually I'd probably say 40% of those would actually probably stop looking over the records. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to miss things that actually make the car oh, worth I, more money. 100% of inattention like, blindness when I get a bunch of boring info. Yeah. And like, uh, what's, uh, it's the, is, is it the S63 that has the, um, head bolts? No, not the head bolts, the rod bearings. That's the, no, it's the V8. Uh, S65, S65, S85, S54. Yeah, S65. So like, yeah. let's say you have an S65 car. And throttle actuators. Yeah. You have an S65 car. You did throttle actuators. You did the, the bearings. crank bearings. Yep. And then, Nobody notices that because they see every single oil change interval <laughs> right. since the car's fucking new, and they're all done at the BMW dealership for like eight hundred dollars in oil change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nope, nobody's gonna notice that the cool thing actually happened. So, yeah. and to your point, going back to it, you will get a lot less money for it if you don't mention that you've had the big things done. Exactly, and it's like, well, like imagine, imagine if you're listing your car, mm-hmm. and like let's say like you have like like your eight series, mm-hmm. you're listing your car, and I'm listing your features. I'm like. This has power steering. This has power windows. This has hydraulic brakes. (laughs) This has, you know, uh, intermittent wipers. AM, FM radio. And then I'm like, CD. Like, and then at the very, like in the middle, I'm like, this has a functioning car phone. This has (laughs) like common wheels. Like, this has a CSI front end. Like, and then at the end of that, I continue on saying, as a power antenna, it has a sunroof. Like, You're going to miss what matters. Like, that's basically what you're mm-hmm. doing when you show every single record. It's, so. it's the, the watch time yes. on YouTube, like the attention. Yep. Better at the beginning and the end, nothing in the middle. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, there's actually a phenomenon that's it's the first-last phenomenon where you get the first piece of information, the last piece of information. So a brand trailer, if you look at listings, it'll say something like, window sticker, other items, clean Carfax. Like that, <laughs> that's the last sentence on the first paragraph is they start with the most important thing and they end with the most important and thing. And you put FM radio in the middle. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there's your top tip and we will see you next week. Bye everybody.